All right, welcome to the Michael Slate Show. My name is Henry Carson, the guest host of the Michael Slate Show since our Taylor is running late and will be with us soon. We are beginning today's show with a clip from Bob Avakian. This is an excerpt from a series of interviews that he did with Sinsara and Andy Z last fall. He speaks to the extraordinary moment we are in, with divisions from the top to the bottom of society, and the opportunities that this poses for a real revolution. This will be followed by a conversation between Sinsara Taylor and Andy Z, the host of the RNL, Revolution Nothing Less show, on the arrest of Trump and what it means for the people and their interests. So, here's Bob Avakian. Richard Pryor, back in the 70s or whatever, had this routine where he'd say, they're talking about the, you know, these types, these fascist types, these Nazi types, you know, these, these you know, types that are now the MAGA people, you know? And he said, brothers say they're not afraid of no Nazis. Hey, Mr. Nazi! <laughs> he said, but if you actually see a real Nazi, you're going to be running fast as you can run. Well, then he went on to say, you got to understand, they got all these people down in the basement, chained up down in the basement. And you don't want to see those people get off the chain and out of the basement, because they are going to come after you, and they're going to come after everything that you hold dear. Well, the fact is, those people are out of the basement and off the chain. We could talk more about why, you know, it's a, it gets more, it gets more, you know, we have to get more into things. But they're off, the, they're all out of the basement and off the chain, and they have no intention of going back. So, you know, and then the Republican Party unleashed this base, and now there's this kind of back and forth, or dialectic, as we say, you know, where the base is is imposing necessity on the official politicians to go along with it. And then when the politicians go along with it, then that gives even more encouragement to the base to become even more rabid. And there's no, there's no way these people are going to settle for, for you know, the, the, the continuation of, of limitations, not the ending, just any kind of limitation on white supremacy, male supremacy, can't have all this gay stuff, all this trans stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's no way they're going to accept any of that, even this impartial and ultimately not that significant uh, concessions. So, you know, they're not going to let a government come to power that is illegitimate in their eyes because it's making concessions to all these things that they think are completely intolerable. And that's why you hear them say, this is war. When do we get to start shooting? All these kind of things. Well, they're, you know, they're not, and you hear the Democrats complaining that, the Republicans, you know, are, you know, a threat. You know, even Biden now started to call them semi-fascists. You know, that's about as that, that's about as much as he could go when they're, you know, just outright blatant and aggressive fascists. You know, white supremacists, male supremacists, all the things I was running down. So the Democrats keep complaining. Well, they're not playing by the rules. They're not going by the norms. They're breaking the norms. At the same time, the the fascists are openly and aggressively saying, yes, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to break all these norms because these norms are leading this country into a shithole. And, you know, we can't go with that anymore. And so they're not willing to go along with the normal stuff that's been happening. Okay, that's why you could get, besides what's going on in the international arena, with a, with a growing threat, people should wake up, a growing threat of nuclear war, 
You know, and with the, with the U.S. provoking China, U.S. imperialist Biden, Nancy Pelosi, provoking China over Taiwan on the one hand and backing Ukraine against, yes, real Russian aggression, but the U.S. is not opposing that because they want to liberate people anywhere. You know, they're the biggest enslavers of people on the entire planet. But what, what they do want to do, and, you know, the, the Secretary of Defense openly said they want to weaken Russia. So they're arming and backing and giving intelligence and planning and everything. They're basically using Ukrainian troops to fight Russia at this point with American and, and its, you know, NATO allies arming them. This is, and you know, now you've got Putin talking about if Russian integrity and territory and the Russian people are threatened, we'll use, he said it twice, we'll use every weapon at our disposal. So that means nuclear weapons. And then the U.S. says, well, if they use even tactical nuclear weapons, there will be a very heavy price to pay. And we've told the Russians what that price will be. What the fuck are they talking about? They're talking about the future and the existence of humanity with this Russia thing and China thing, you know, and then there's a whole environment which you see what's happening with it. You know, countries, you know, a third of Pakistan underwater to just cite, you know, in the recent hurricanes, you know, which are worse because of the warming of the oceans and other things. So, you know, the, all this is going on and there's no way they can put this all together on the terms in which they ruled it for all this time. And that could lead to something, you know, you know, just think about what I was just talking about, something really terrible but it also provides an opening because all this shakes people awake. I mean, look what happened when they, when they overturned Roe v. Wade and the right to abortion. You know, millions of people who went along thinking, oh, they'll never really do that and things are okay and things will work out, got really, you know, shaken down to their toes by what, and people are still extremely upset about this and these kind of things are gonna keep on happening and this is gonna shake people out of the sense that they can just, you know, things are just gonna go along the way they always have. They're gonna cause people to question things. And then you got the people at the base of society who are always catching hell, but are caught up in a lot of bullshit. And life is gonna get even worse for them too. And this is where the revolutionaries come in. Because left to itself, all this will go only one way, to something terrible. But this provides a greater objective basis to actually break, pe break the whole of this system over people and to win them to see the need to uproot and abolish this whole system and to understand that we can no longer afford to allow these imperialists in this country or others to have the fate of humanity in their hands with the extremely dangerous and increasingly existential threat that poses to human civilization. And among these basic people at the, at the, right at the you know, foundation of society, the people catching the most hell, we can go to them and we need to go to them and, and explain to them what's going on in very simple terms, maybe a little shorter than what I just did, <laughs> but give, give them a basic understanding of what's going on and what their role can be and needs to be in terms of transforming this terrible situation into an emancipating situation by building up not going at the system all out right now when all you could do is get crushed, but building up, you know, putting revolution on the map, putting a scientifically based revolution on the map in terms of youth from among the basic people, youth from uh, among the educated, you know, the college educated, but especially the people right catching the worst hell, taking the stage, you know, and we have, we can and have to say to them, this 
is your mission. This is your mission to put revolution on the map. Not all this garbage that, that people think is, you know, want to think is the way to go, you know, all this, you know, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind and, and dogging down the women and all this bullshit. Put revolution on the map. Put it on the map by standing up against the system. You want to do something that takes, on, takes heart? Take on this system. Stand up against this system and all of its atrocities and build up the forces of revolution so that we can create the conditions where we can have millions of people ready to go for the whole thing. You know, like similar to what you, similarly to what you see in Iran now. I mean, I don't know where that'll go. You need leadership for it to go to revolution. The, the, the com our comrades there, the communists, uh, you know, in, in Iran, the people who've taken up a new communism, they're striving and struggling to, win, you know, win leadership and give leadership in that situation. But, you know, that kind of massive upheaval, you have that, and then you have an organized leadership with a scientific method and strategy, then you can direct all that toward the actual struggle to bring this system down. And you can actually have a basis to disintegrate, to defeat and disintegrate the very, what are now very powerful institutions of armed enforcement of this system. It's not where we're at now, but that's the mission that people need to take up. And all these youth in particular who are caught up in going at each other need to turn around, lift their heads, not act in the way the system wants them to act, not act in the way that it tells them is the only thing that they're good for, but act as emancipators of humanity. And act to get rid of all the madness that they are put through and people just like them all over the world are put through, which is the reason why they act in such crazy ways, because they don't see a way out of that. And, and we, with a scientific uh, uh, method and strategy, have to provide them, give them the way out of that, and nothing less than that. This week, Donald Trump had to appear in a Manhattan courtroom and was arrested and charged with 32 felony criminal charges in association with hush money he paid to a former porn star to cover up an alleged affair. Um, he's accused of doctoring his books to hide this and, to, and having done so in association with trying to influence the 2016 election. So I think it's very fitting, Andy, that we start our conversation about the significance of this coming off that clip we just played from Bob Avakian from the interviews that we did with him because this, the fact that Trump was arrested, it's unprecedented. A, a president, a former president, it's never happened before that they faced criminal charges. The fact that this has happened is a, is a huge escalation of this extraordinary time that Bob Avakian was speaking about that we're in. When the rulers are at each other's throats, this country is deeply divided from the top to the bottom. And what Bob Avakian spoke about in that clip, where one section of the rulers is fighting desperately to enforce and hold on to the norms and the laws as this country has been governed. And you see that with the section of the Democrats and, and the ruling structures pressing charges against Trump for just some of his many, many crimes. Um, but the other section of the rulers is saying, fuck your norms. We won't be bound by them. Threatening violence, all kinds of uh, just eager to, to shred these norms in, in pursuit of a whole fascist future that they're urgently fighting to bring into being. And I think this case 
both sits in that context and is an escalation and intensification of that divide. It's an example of the fact that they can't rule in the way they have for 150 years. Um, and, and people don't pay attention to that question at their own peril and at the peril of not just people in this country, but humanity. Listen to what Parker Carlson said. He says it almost feels like they're pushing the population to react. Probably not the best time to give up your AR-15. And no matter what your politics, that's exactly right. If you believe in our system and you want it to continue, you have to raise your hand and say stop, because this is too great an assault on our system, much greater than anything we saw on January 6th, that's for certain. Two things there. Hold on to your AR-15 and much greater than January 6th. These are people, as we've said for, for six years now, these people are preparing for civil war. And on the other side... You know, what does Andrew Bates, who's one of uh, um, Biden's advisors, say? He says, uh, the president's been doing this country's business by keeping his schedule just like any other day of his administration. And we have a whole bunch of things from all kinds of progressives we'll get to maybe later on about who to just, it's all good, it's all good, this is the, this is democracy working, this indictment. No, this is actually upping the ante. But I think we should do, go right to the horse's or the ass's mouth. We should listen to what that wacko said in Waco, Donald Trump. And I said wacko, but I am fully cognizant of the fact that to be a fascist does not, you're not disqualified from being a fascist by being a wacko or a buffoon. That buffoonery and that craziness is part of how you show a social base that you don't give a fuck about the political norms of this country. And 2024 is the final battle. That's going to be the big one. You put me back in the White House, their reign will be over, and America will be a free nation once again. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them? They know that. You know, there's never been a movement like this in the history of our country, probably in the history of almost every country. The sinister forces trying to kill America have done everything they can to stop me, to silence you, and to turn this nation into a socialist dumping ground for criminals, junkies, Marxists, thugs, radicals, and dangerous refugees that no other country wants. No other country wants them. If those opposing us succeed, our once beautiful USA will be a failed country that no one will even recognize a lawless, open borders, crime-ridden, filthy communist nightmare. That's what it's going, and that's where it's going. I used to say that we will never be a socialist country. I said it oftentimes. I said it once at the State of the Union address, and people didn't understand what I was saying. But I'd shout it out loud, and I was right, because that train has passed the station long ago of socialism. It never even came close to stopping, frankly. We're now in a Marxism state of mind, a communism state of mind, which is far worse. We're a nation in decline. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that this room so important, the people in this room. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them, but they're not coming after me. They're coming after you, and I'm just standing in their way. That's all I'm doing. I'm standing in their way.
And that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm standing before you, because we are going to finish what we started. We started something that was a miracle. We're going to complete the mission. We're going to see this battle through to ultimate victory. We will liberate America from these villains and tyrants who are looking to destroy our country. No matter what they throw at us, no matter what they do to us, we will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield. We will never give in, we will never give up, we will never ever back down. I think we have to let that sink in and we have to let the audience let that sink in. This is not just the rantings. They're rantings with a message and with a purpose and with a social base that's mobilized. 2024, Trump said, is the final battle. That's going to be the big one. Our enemies are desperate because we're the only ones who can stop them. Sinister forces are trying to kill America. We'll liberate America from these villains and tyrants. This is the language of fascism, with the intent of fascism, and with the people who can actually carry this forward. A base is hardening. And all this idea that this is just evaluating this from within the charges of uh, this economic malfeasance misses the point of what's actually happening here. Yes, the Democrats are filing this this uh, indictment. And they may file others. But you are dealing with a force that's determined to rule other than by the rule of law. And, and this show, the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show, we don't make any bones about the fact that this law in this country and the Constitution that, that grounds that law is nothing but an exploiter's nightmare for the masses of people, an oppressive system that was founded on slavery and genocide. But there is a point to the rule of law, and this is a complete wiping that off the table to rule by brute decree, brute force, and thuggery, both of the state and of these fascist MAGA thugs. Yeah, I think people really need to. You're right. Let what you heard sink in, in that quote from from Trump and from Tucker Carlson. Not a good time to give up your AR-15s. You also look at what Trump did in reaction to the indictment. He put out a picture of himself wielding a baseball bat up against the black district attorney who was indicting him. And this from a man who everybody knows unleashed the January 6th violence, whose followers were, were brought a noose outside the, the Capitol. You know, this from a, from a man whose social base has been unleashed. They broke into, this lunatic broke into Nancy Pelosi's home and assaulted and, and hospitalized her husband. This is a, a violent, fascist social base, exactly like you're saying. And Trump is just not a, you know, they always use that word, the dog whistle. It's not a dog whistle. This is a foghorn blowing. And it's right out there. And people need to wake up to what they're facing, what this means, the white supremacy, the vicious male supremacy, the misogyny that's dripping from this, the what Trump's Supreme Court has already done to women's right to abortion. What more is coming down the pike? We didn't play the parts of the speech where he goes after trans people LGBTQ people, the the nightmare that he is threatening and the and and determined to lock into place. And then I think it's worth it. I, I know you pulled some things from the Democrats, too. We have to look at what's the other section of the ruling class and their mouthpieces saying in response to all this. 
Well, Sansara, let me just speak to uh, one of these shills for the Democrats and the progressive social Democrats, Chris Hayes, said on MSNBC. But I want to then come back and, and stay a little bit more on what Trump had to say. Anyway, this Chris Hayes, uh, I think this was a tweet and maybe he said it on the show, too. He said, Donald Trump is a very unpopular figure and the Republican Party tied its fate to him. It's been and continues to be a political disaster for them. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. So look, uh, Mr. Hayes doesn't have to overthink this thing. He doesn't have to worry about overthinking this thing, but he's got his eyes blind to the reality of what's actually been developing and is developing now with this fascist movement in this country and the upping of the ante by these trials. And he's blinded also to the history of how fascism developed. And he's also blind in the sense that he's deluded himself and his listeners and his readers to that America can be perfected um, and uh, and not to look at the actual system that underlies this. But let's just go back to Trump. He says they've made this country into a socialist dumping ground, including for and he ends up on dangerous refugees that no other country wants. No other country wants them. Our beautiful USA, lawless, open borders, crime ridden, filthy, nightmare. This is a part of the fascist program of xenophobia and racism, open white supremacy against these immigrants. And we know what he did from the Muslim ban to building the wall to all of this stuff. And now along come the Democrats saying we're not going to do that. And yet the policy they are taking on the border is the exact same thing. They're carrying forward the Trump policies. Now they're even deporting whole families across the border. Why? Because they're hypocrites? Well, to the degree they are, they are. But the more important point is that their system has no answers. They destroyed these countries around the, around the world, and particularly in Latin America. People have no futures. They're coming here to be able to survive, and they are treating them and saying, we have no way to deal with you. And, uh, and, and, and this is just one example of why we can't rely on the Democrats here. They want to apply their rules to the fascists, but the fascists aren't playing by those rules. And yet they're doing the same thing. Oh, they took a knee. They took a knee in, 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 in Kintacloth, uh, you know, in the Capitol. And then 18 months later, they're saying, fund the police, fund the police, fund the police. This system has no answer. And meanwhile, they're playing Russian roulette with potential nuclear war in this conflict in Ukraine, where they're upping the ante, upping the ante up against Russia. And we don't know what will happen. This is not a, it, both sides. Like you're saying, the, the Democrats are a party of war crimes and crimes against humanity. And these Republicans are fascists. And meanwhile, these de Democrats and what's being signaled by Chris Hayes and what's being signaled by a lot of these Democrats who are talking about law and order and and Trump will have his day in court. Finally, they are pacifying people who are on the non fascist side. They're telling them, don't worry too much. Just relax. Things will things will work themselves out and they won't, which is precisely where, you know, to harken back to what we just heard from B.A. It's precisely where the revolutionaries come in and where we need to be out there. As people are, as, as the ugliness of this system is being more and more laid bare and people, the, the norms that they've been conditioned to accept that have made them feel that this illegitimate system was legitimate, 
because at least it played by these rules for many generations. These are being ripped up as people are being forced to question and forced to look at things in a new way. We have to be out there leading people to stand up against these fascists who are coming after the people and their rights. We need to be leading them to stand up against this, to defend the rights of the people, to defend people under attack, but to do this while lifting people's sights to and getting them organized for an actual revolution to bring this system down. This system's, it's exactly what B.A. said, this system's time is up. It's long past time that they have, they have the right to rule over the masses of people and determine their future. And, and they're divided now, and this has to be seized by those who yearn for a different future for ourselves, for the people of the world. This is a very, it's very urgent and dangerous on the one side, but it also holds an opportunity if we can recognize it and dare to act on that. Sansara, the need to act is indeed very pressing on people. It's very pressing on humanity. Uh, we began talking about May 1st, that we refuse to accept the system's future. A better world without oppression and exploitation is possible. And now is the time to get organized for a real revolution. We spoke last week, I spoke last week about the two existential crises we're facing and the danger of world war and the environment. But here today we're speaking about a different existential crisis, an existential crisis that is part of potentially making revolution possible. The crisis between, at, at a moment when fascism is literally breathing down our necks, and forget all the bullshit from the social democrats and the democrats that this is just uh, part of the electoral thing and don't worry about a thing. There are, this, is, this is absurd. These are people are serious. Uh, Trump, as we began, said this is the final battle, 2024. <laughs> Is, is coming and this is when they're going to right all the wrongs of this society and get rid of the vermin and the kinds of language they use to describe the oppressed people in this country and their opposites in the Democratic Party should tell you something about their being serious. This is a point that we've made several times on this show and we have to get to the place where all of you are joining with us in getting to the point where should these people make a move on power, we're prepared to defeat these fascists, but not to go back to what has been with all the police murder, oppression of women, the horrors on the borders, the devastation of the environment and the threat of the war, which is all the system that these Democrats enforce every day of their rule. This is what it means when Andrew Bates of the uh, Biden administration says Biden's at his desk doing his job. His job is is to administer this system, which is what's causing all the misery in the world. And to you, you need to get with the Revcoms and you need to get with us now before May 1st, because on May 1st, we need to make a major leap, a major advance in putting revolution on the map. Now, we can say that on this show, the Revcoms are going to say this at May Day, but without you there, too, it's not going to be the same. Because this to get ready for revolution is going to take first hundreds of people and then thousands of people and ultimately millions of people breaking with this system and going to not just oppose the horrors that are happening today and coming, but the fact that we could bring about a radically different world, a socialist society, a real social society, not social democracy, but a socialist republic in North America, according to the Constitution that Bob Avakian developed. And what is socialism? It's a whole different economic system that, that's not based on exploitation and profit for the few. It's a different political system that gives political power to the people who've been oppressed by this system and increasingly involves them in the affairs of society to go to work on overcoming all forms of oppression. 
and it's a transition. As we work on those problems here and around the world and support revolution around the world, we're moving towards a world where there is no more oppression and exploitation, and that's a communist world. This is an incredible possibility in this moment in history. There's the technology, there's the knowledge, there, now there's the theory to get us there in the new communism developed by Baba Vakian. So now's the time to get involved. And like I said last week, it doesn't happen if you don't get involved. And like I said last week, it can become too late to do this. These fascists are on the move. The Democrats have no answers, and they're on the move with their own resolution to this, which seems to be escalate the war in America, uber alles, dominating the entire world. We have a different future. There's a different future in this revolution. So get with the Revcoms, get involved in May 1st, Watch the rest of the show, and we'll see you next week. bored with the USA. That is the clash. Um, I wish that was uh, more the tempo and the pace of people in this country. There seems to be way too much um, obsession with the USA and blind obsession and uh, indulgence of, of sitting atop the global food chain and all the goodies that come from living in this USA. Uh, so... I dig that song. We need that spirit. Uh, my name is Sansara Taylor. You are listening to The Michael Slate Show. You just heard a conversation between myself and Andy Z, who is the main host of The Revolution Nothing Less Show. We were talking about the really unprecedented situation of the arrest of a former president, the charging of criminal felonies, 34 criminal felonies against Donald Trump, and how this is 
a both a reflection of and a further leap in what really is an unprecedented situation in this country where the rulers are at each other's throats and can no longer hold things together in the way that they have for nearly 150 years since the end of the Civil War. Things are more sharply divided and escalating in this country than they have been since that time. Uh, before that conversation between myself and Andy Z, you heard from Bob Avakian, the revolutionary leader and the architect of the new communism, from an interview that Andy and I did with him last fall, up close and personal, heart and soul and hardcore for revolution, um, or an interview with the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, where he speaks to this Not the arrest. He gave the interview before the arrest of Trump, but he speaks to this moment in U.S. history and the dangers it poses, the threat of nuclear war intensifying, the rise of fascism in this country, uh, the dangers that portends, but also the potential to wrench a revolution out of this profound crisis if people lift their sights, if people dare to think and to dream and to fight and to struggle and to dig in and do the hard work, which is also what Andy Z was echoing at the end of his uh, comments there. So I want to hear from you, uh, questions, comments, reactions to what you heard, your thoughts on the significance of this arrest of Donald Trump and the really hideous Threats and in you know uh, incitings, incitings towards uh, violence that he has been doing in response to this, or how you see it overall. Now, I want to have some discussion with you who are listening about this profound moment and intensification in the polarization in this country, and how we need to understand this. What are the stakes, and where are the interests of the people in this? Where are the interests of the masses of people in this situation? And I will tell you, they are not with these Democrats who are telling you it's all good. We're going to have the rule of law. We'll work itself out. Trump is over. Here you see it again. This is this is a it's a pacifying lie from a bunch of criminals themselves. And uh, with that, let me go to our first caller with a comment. We have John on the line. John, what's on your mind? Well, actually, I have two questions. Um, my first question is, uh, you know, what's the probability that he's going to get convicted of something here? Because it seems like every time we go down this road, you know, he gets acquitted and it just adds fuel to his fire. And the other question I have is, if he is convicted, does that mean that he can't run for president? I'll take my answers off air. Thanks. Well, thank you for calling, John. Um, well, Will he be convicted? We don't know. I mean, we're not fortune tellers. It's hard to say. Uh, There is obviously a case. Um, Alvin Bragg thinks he has a case. I mean, he does have a case. He thinks he has the evidence to prosecute this. I'm sure he weighed very heavily the risk of bringing a case without the prospects of a conviction. Um, But whether he gets a conviction, we just can't say. And what, whether he gets conviction on all counts, whether he gets them on, on, uh, misdemeanor accounts, whether he can really sustain that these are felony criminal charges. There's a lot that's unknown. We haven't seen all of his, uh, even his legal strategy and exactly how he wants to tie this to felony cases yet, which is why I think, um, one, we don't know, but it's also why in the conversation that Andy and I had about this, we were stepping back from the particular financial crimes he's accused of in this instance to the larger political moment. Because if you think about it, uh, you know, if you go through the records of every president, you'll find ways they broke the law. You will find ways they could have been prosecuted. 
Why is this president or ex-president being gone after in this way? And why is it that he really carried out, um, without contrition, without any remorse, more open, blatant lying, more open, blatant attacks on the on the structures of government, on the rule of law, and on the masses of people and their interests than, than we have seen in, in 150 years or more. Um, and that when he's caught, he lashes out. He issues, a, you know, threatening tweets against the prosecutor. He is making threatening tweets against the judge and his daughter and his family. He is somebody who is unleashing a fascist response. So you have the Democrats and the and the DA and the government, you know, sort of mainstream structures of government trying, as they have in the past, to curb just a little bit of Trump's crimes, hold him accountable for just a little bit of his crimes. And Trump is responding by saying, I don't care about the rules. We are going to further unleash our social base and and a movement in the Republican Party uh, to tear down those norms, that rule of law, and those structures. So it is, um, I think the stakes of this are much bigger than the particular charges and the particular outcome in the legal arena. Um, that said, I don't actually know that it would disqualify him for running if he was convicted. It's a good question. Uh, I'll try to find out. And, and uh, you know, that would be a question for the for the constitutional scholars. But it's a good question, John. Um we have Margo on the line. Margo, uh, go ahead. Yes, hi. Welcome to the Michael okay, Slate Show. Thank you. I've missed you for a long time. Is he doing well? Is he sick or is he just taking a vacation or what? Uh, he's on? been on a leave. He has had some medical issues, but he's okay. he's doing pretty well. And okay, good. Yeah, thank you okay. for asking. Well, my point is that there is a word you use, revolution, and there are some people who do not understand or know what is meant by that word and what specifically would be a definition of it. And then you, that I think it would be good to clarify that. And then also, also there's a thing about the words, now you've used communism, Marxism, and I just want to recommend that people listen to Richard Wolff in his program. And he, he read about Richard Marxism. He talked about the words of Karl Marx, the words of Karl Marx, and defined it and showed how, you know, what it meant. And it, it would be a good adjunct to what you have been talking about. And I just wanted to know that the word revolution has, you gave a little glimmer of it, but it needs to be more clearly defined because some people think of it as the revolutionary war. I don't know what they think of, but you were talking a little bit about getting into the political system and maybe how this could be done. Okay. Two very good questions, Margo, and I thank you for calling. So first, what is a revolution? And this is linked to her second question about what is Marxism and communism. Uh, a revolution in the scientific sense and in the sense of what we fundamentally need is millions and millions of people coming together and rising up and waging an all-out fight to overthrow the system of capitalism, imperialism, to defeat and dismantle its ruling structures, its militaries, its law enforcement, its its arms of repressive force and dismantling that and building in place a radically new economic system, a new political system, and a transition to a communist world. This is an overthrow. So, you know, people use the word revolution in many different ways. Some people do mean just a change in attitude. Some people mean 
um, a big social movement. A real revolution is an overthrow, and it will come down ultimately, not tomorrow, not right away, not until there's a revolutionary crisis and and deep, deep divides among the rulers, millions of people who are ready to put it all on on the line to bring a different world into being, and a revolutionary leadership and force that can lead that. It will come down to a revolutionary war. And that's not because the people want to just go out arbitrarily and instigate that. That's because of the nature of the system. And we've seen this around the world. They've carried out coups and assassinations and torture um, all over the world to put down any challenge to their imperialist interests. We've seen this where they have sent their agents of repression and murder, COINTELPRO and others against uh, any serious challenge within this country. This system needs to be defeated. So that's number one. And number two, uh, communism is a world of emancipation all over the world. It's a, it's a world where people come together and use their uh, skills, their labor, their intellect, their innovation collectively to meet the needs of humanity in common. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate that Richard Wolff is on, and I think people should listen to many different views and evaluate them up against each other. I would say that the revolution and the understanding of genuine Marxism and communism that that I am rooted in and that I think humanity needs is is radically different than what Richard Wolff puts forward. I've listened to him quite a bit. He puts forward what I would characterize as a, uh, an economist, American chauvinist, imperialist view of of socialism, where he's not talking about overthrowing this system, but he's talking about expanding the share of the goodies that is given to those who are workers within the U.S., um, health care, better wages, this kind of thing. Uh, but it's still sucking the blood of the children who are slaves in the Congo mining the coal tan that makes our phones work. It's still sitting atop and and living off the spoils of those who are stuck in factories in Bangladesh stitching our clothes or those being driven from their homelands um, because of the the plunder of the U.S. across Central America and Latin America, and then they're forced into detention camps or into the shadows um, picking fruit or bussing tables in this country. What I'm talking about is a internationalist the whole world comes first, communist revolution. And I would point people to compare and contrast what you're just, what Richard Wolff puts forward with what is put forward by Bob Avakian in the interviews at youtube.com slash the revcoms. Bob Avakian, who has really developed a new communism, which, which is a more thoroughly scientific approach to making an actual revolution and one that is aimed at the emancipation of all of humanity and that deals with the questions of ending white supremacy, ending male supremacy, caring for the environment on a global scale, and has just an, a, a much more expansive view of, of, of the culture, of the arts, than anything that has come before and certainly than what I've ever heard from Richard Wolff. So I would point people to that. Um, I would point you to that too, Margo, and I appreciate your regular listening, and I appreciate your really important question. And these are the kinds of things that we need much more um, discussion, debate, and 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 engagement over. So um, I want to get in one more call before we go to our last segment. We have Gigi on the line. Gigi? Hi there. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Welcome to the Michael Hi. Slate Show. Thank you. First-time caller, sweetheart. I enjoy the show very much. Um Listen, I just want to say, first of all, 
you know, um, I think uh, uh, Trump's uh, 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 intelligence, IQ, I think it, uh, Trump by himself has brought, has brought the whole white race down several notches on the superiority uh, scale. Um, I think I know for a fact that what's going basically uh, things are changing in the world. Uh, white people, are, you know, whites are not producing, reproducing uh, like other groups and different things. In other words, they know nature has selected them. Old white men know that nature has selected them to go the way of the dinosaur eventually. And so you see them, everyone is coming together, the mixed race that, you know, the, the younger generation. And so um, but but my point is to get to your point today, to your uh, a question and comments. I believe that Donald Trump, even though he is uh, so low intelligence and very ignorant, but he is a natural born survivor. I think it's just in his DNA. And, you know, you have to acknowledge that. And he's a sociopath. Of course, we know that, too. Here's the deal. I believe that, you know, he's uh, he or probably his attorneys have <clears throat> see which way the wind is blowing. They're going to cover all the bases. And I think I, I feel when I, uh, he's out there now, he knows that one of these cases are going to probably land him, you know, um, uh, well, not in jail. White, uh, rich white men don't go to jail. But uh, anyway, it's not going to work out well for him. And I think what he's doing, what I get the feeling is that he's setting it up like they're going to take me. They're going to take me. And then this is when the Civil War is going to start. You know, he's a, he is really... Uh, uh, All right, Gigi, I think I want to, uh, we got to get to our last segment, but I think the last point you made, and I appreciate you calling, welcome to our first time caller, I, I really appreciate that. The last point about Trump lashing out, and this could be the launch of a civil war, that is profound, that is real. Um, there's a lot of different things going on in this case, but I think the 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 orientation of Trump and of his social base and of a section of the ruling class of this country that is saying, we don't really care about the rule of law. And you can come after us with your rules and regulations, but we are going for a fascist remaking of this country. And they're armed to the teeth. They just uh, threw out two uh, Democrats in Tennessee. Completely a fascist move here. This is this is part of the future that they're locking down, and the people on the decent side have to wake up and get organized for a revolution and to stand up against this. You are listening to the Michael Slate Show. We're going to take a short musical break and be right back. Wake up, everybody! No more sleeping in bed. No more back. Changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty.
I want to quickly transition. We have one last segment I want to squeeze in. This is uh, about the situation with the fire uh, that killed 39 immigrants or refugees in the detention center in Ciudad Juarez. Let's listen. Blood on the border. 39 migrants killed in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. Anguished screams of desperation from a woman searching for her husband. Last week, the day after a fire in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico detention center, killed 39 migrants from six Latin American countries. Families of three young men, Dixon Cordova, Edin Umaña, and Jesus Alvarado, gathered in Protección, an impoverished village in western Honduras. The three had set out together, trying to get to the U.S. Each hoped to find a job and send money back to their families. Their names were on a list of victims, but there was no telling whether the three were dead or alive. Jose Ramos, father of one of the men, said of the ordeal he and others were experiencing. In Juarez, on March 28th, a Venezuelan woman who herself had recently been released from a women's detention center, said at a protest demanding justice for the victims of the fire, We were there not long ago. It could have been us dying in there like animals, like pigs being slaughtered in a fire. Does it matter? Do our names matter to anyone? The choices people confront. Why would someone pack everything they have into a backpack and head out on a 2,000 mile journey by foot? Why would they choose to leave everyone they love and set off to a place they've never been? A place where people speak a language they don't know, where many people hate them without knowing anything about them except the color of their skin. Why would they go knowing they will be terrorized, perhaps robbed, beaten and raped by police, military, and criminal gangs on the 1,000 to 1 shot that they'll make it all the way to the U.S. and land a job bussing tables or processing chickens or cleaning other people's homes. People make choices, but they don't get to choose what choices they can make. The migrants who died in Juarez faced dreadful choices. But who set up those choices? What determined that those were the choices? As Baba Vakin wrote in More on Choices and Radical Changes, people don't make choices in a vacuum. They do it in the context of the social relations they're enmeshed in and the options they have within those relations, which are not of their own choosing. They confront those relations. They don't choose them. The three young people from Honduras confronted the relations of the imperialist system. Imperialism isn't just an intellectual word. It has real meaning and real consequences in the lives of millions. It crushes lives and spirits. It poisons the planet. It shapes every choice people make, whether they know it or not. Look through the many entries in Revolution's American Crime series for exposures of what U.S. imperialism has done in Mexico and Central America. Decades of relentless exploitation, genocidal wars, 
destruction of subsistence agriculture, rampant contamination of the land, water, and air, acute, accelerating, and devastating climate change, mass impoverishment in the countryside, millions of people forced into urban slums. Read how the U.S. has created a catastrophe of human suffering in Venezuela. All this is imperialism in action. The imperialist system forces countless people to lead lives that are unbearable and unlivable, while it enriches a handful who control not only enormous wealth, but the means of producing that wealth, the ruling class of the system. Imperialism constrains and confines the choices people face so that a woman facing the possibility of starvation for her young daughter decides to carry her child on a trek that lasts months through freezing cold and broiling heat, knowing that if she makes it all the way, she will have to cross through razor wire tunnels patrolled by heavily armed robocops. She will be told to show her papers before she can go any further and she very likely will be thrown back onto the streets of a city prowled by soldiers and police with automatic weapons and looking for migrants. A city infamous throughout the world for violence against women. These are the kinds of choices imperialism gives masses of people. Think of the lives of Dixon Cordova, Edin Umaña, and Jesus Alvarado. Think of the tens of millions like them, penniless and stateless, vilified by American fascists and racists, kicked around like footballs to serve the needs of different sections of the ruling class in this country. Their choices were made before they were born. Think of the system that caused all this suffering. And then think of what Bob Avakian has said about the choice that confronts us all. And in fundamental terms, we have two choices. Either live with all this and condemn future generations to the same or worse if they have a future at all or make revolution. You have been listening to The Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I'm happy to be with you. I want to thank Gary Baca for engineering, Henry Carson for assistant producing. I want to thank the Revolution Nothing Less team for helping with some of the segments we put together. And I want to send you out with Go Go Bordello. Immigraniada, we come rougher in light of that last segment of the 39 who died in Ciudad Juarez and the millions who've been driven from their homes. Stick around after this because Global Village is up next with Sergio.
Say, I'm a glad, I'm a granada for them. Donkey of this kind of way. But if you give me the invitation to hear the bells of freedom, shall to hell with your double standard. We come and rougher every time. Every time We're coming rubber 